This is the Beaver Tales Podcast. Your host, Josh Wharton, once told Chicago Bears legend Dick Butkus to his face he was not a fan of his. That is a true story. However, he would never say that to Oregon State Beaver legends. Here's Josh Wharton. No, I would never tell that to a Beaver legend. I did say something along those lines to Dick Butkus. It was years ago. I was younger, and for some reason, I felt the need to be unique. And I told him, well, my favorite player of all time is Mike Singletary. And since you and him are both Chicago Bears legends, I'm sorry, Dick Buckus, but you're not my favorite Chicago Bears player. I'm more of a Mike Singletary guy. And he reacted how you would expect him to react by kind of giving me a weird look. But luckily, he didn't tackle me or anything. And uh, we moved on. But there is one similarity or one connection with Mike Singletary and today's guest on the Beaver Tales podcast, they're both from Waco, Texas. Or Mike technically is from Houston, but he played college football in Waco at Baylor University. And my guest today is Hunter Jarman, a former two-sport athlete at Oregon State. Hunter's dad actually played at Baylor as well. Hunter was a terrific baseball and football prospect out of high school. And instead of deciding one or the other, he played both at Oregon State his freshman year. He would ultimately drop baseball, But that wasn't the end of his baseball career. After three years of playing football for Oregon State plus his redshirt year in 2013, he actually quit football before his senior year to sign a professional baseball contract. So how did a guy who had only played in four baseball games his freshman year for Oregon State in the spring of 2014 then sign a professional baseball contract with the San Diego Padres in 2017? He hadn't touched a baseball in three years. Well, he shares that story early on in the podcast and talks about what that's led to in a career now in professional baseball where he's moved on from playing to now a scout in that same Padres organization. This is the Beaver Tales podcast, which supports Convoy of Hope as well as other nonprofits that I mentioned for a little free exposure each episode. Convoy of Hope helps out with a number of different initiatives around America and internationally, including children's feeding, disaster services, community events, agriculture, rural compassion, and women's empowerment. You can help support the Crisis Relief Fund or any other of their efforts online at convoyofhope.org. One of the best charities I would recommend if you've got any discretionary spending or a desire to help out. Convoy of Hope would be one of the main ones I would mention. They're at convoyofhope.org. Thanks for tuning in to the Beaver Tales podcast. I'm Josh Warden, and honored to introduce you to a former Beaver athlete in Hunter Jarman. Hunter Jarman joins me on the Beaver Tales podcast back in Texas. Hunter, how are you doing these days? Doing pretty well, man. Just trying to stay safe as best as I can. Uh, let's start with the thing that's most noteworthy about you is your multifaceted sports talent where you're coming out of high school right there in Waco and you were named one of the top 300 pro prospect uh, in terms of baseball, but you were also one of the top 100 wide receiver prospects. And you came to Oregon State, maybe no surprise that you listed your favorite athlete as Bo Jackson, which is appropriate. And you started out playing both sports. You redshirted on the football team in the fall of 2013. Then you're on the baseball team in that spring of 2014. Didn't play a ton, but got in a few games. So at that point, you're trying to do both. How difficult was it? Where were you at that 2013-2014 sports year? And how did that go trying to balance two Division One sports? Well, I thought I was going to have the hang of it. You know, you just come in kind of like in high school. You're like, you know, play football. Once football's over with, you get ready to train for baseball. 
but found out very quickly that uh, college academics is much harder than high school academics. And so, uh, you know, I got there and we, me and my academic advisor were trying to set out a plan. You know, you take so many credits during the season, but then after the season, you kind of, you know, put that credit, uh, kind of boosted up a little bit. So I was in baseball taking off-season football academic credits, if that makes sense. So uh, it was a very uh, hard, not very hard time, but just a busy time for me. Uh, social life was kind of put on hold. You're going to football workouts in the morning, going to class right after that, and then going to um, uh, academics and study hall right after. So kind of having time for friends, you know, social life was kind of hard. That was probably the most difficult thing for me as an 18-year-old. Right. So that was your first year at OSU. You end up basically dropping baseball. So you play football for the next three years, basically 2014, 2015, 2016, and into the spring of 2017. Maybe there was an inner battle in yourself over those years of liking both, but sticking with one. How would you describe the next few years where you were only Hunter Jarman, the football player? Yeah, I was planning on going back to baseball once that first season ended. But uh, me and Coach Riley had talked about that a little bit. But unfortunately, you know, he went to Nebraska. Then we had a new coaching staff. And uh, trying to learn a whole new offense, that's probably one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. So once that kind of kicked in, you know, was solidifying myself into a starting role with Coach Anderson's staff, I figured it was best for just my career and myself to stick with football for the time being. So you play a few years in that transition period of Mike Riley finishing out in 2014. Gary Anderson comes in before the fall of 2015. Then there's a story involving a guy I've met, Jason Thomas, who was at the time the assistant athletic director for student athlete development. So JT, and then in some odd way, the family of Don Mattingly is involved in a weird story that somehow affects your end of your OSU career. So take me to that story. Uh, so we were doing spring football and uh, everything's going as planned. And all of a sudden I get a random call from a, uh, a California number and I answer and he's like, hey, this is Preston Mattingly of the San Diego Padres. Uh, I just want to know if you're still interested in playing baseball. And so I had a lot of, uh, you know, California teammates. So I kind of thought it was one of them playing a joke on me. So I'm like, yeah, of course, how funny guys, you know, you're not going to get me. And then uh, as the conversation goes, I'm like, man, this is actually going on. And so uh, he's like, yeah, dude, I'm going to be out in the Pacific Northwest tomorrow. Uh, just wanted to know if you had a couple, you know, hours to do a couple workouts with me and see where you are baseball-wise. You know, I hadn't touched a baseball in up almost three years at that time. So what I do is I hit up a couple of my old teammates from baseball, and I'm like, hey, y'all got a bat, a wood bat that I can use real quick? I got a workout tomorrow. And thankfully, Tanner Sanders had a uh, wood bat for me to use. So I went in the cages. I talked to Coach Casey, and uh, he's like, yeah, man, free range to you. You know, we're kind of down right now. And so uh, as, as long as we're not in the cage, you have free range is that. Spent a couple hours in the cages trying to get ready, and uh, the rest is history. That's crazy. Tanner Sanders, I had a, like a 30-minute conversation with him the other week, himself a three-sport athlete, football and basketball and baseball. So he gives you a wood bat and you work out. Did you ever – 
have it explained of, I mean, sure, you were a great prospect baseball-wise coming out of high school, but if any major league franchise is looking at you, they're saying, well, this guy hasn't played in three years. You know, why, why would they pay attention to a guy who doesn't even play college baseball? You had three at-bats your freshman year, and that's all you did. So when they saw you, do you know what made them say, yeah, I want to reach out to Hunter Jarman and see if he'll come sign with us to play professional baseball? So what A.J. Preller, the GM, was doing, he wanted all football guys, basketball guys that have played baseball before. He just wanted athletes in the organization. And uh, he assigned Preston, you know, to doing that role. He came out and said, hey, man, this guy still has a little bit of raw ability, but he can still play the game at a high level. And thankfully, you know, he saw enough of me, you know, signed a couple of days later after the draft. And then and, uh, that's what happened. So you – sign with them and to do that that meant you had to forego your senior year of football where you were poised perhaps for a big year you would post about 550 career receiving yards to that point even despite missing some time to injury and now with the offense opening up and fewer guys in front of you you could have been one of the leading receivers but you said you know what I'm going to go to baseball even with one fall ahead of you what made you make that decision and say you know maybe what if I tried baseball after my senior year of football or came back to Oregon State and yet you decided to sign with the Padres? So how did you decide to let go of football, the very sport that you chose over baseball a few years prior? Well, baseball has always been my first love. It was the first sport that I actually played and understood. Um, so it's always been a dream of mine to go play professional baseball. And once that dream was kind of cut short after my freshman year, uh, it was probably one of the biggest regrets that I had. And I told myself, if I have any opportunity to get back in the game of baseball, I'm going to take it. Um, and then, you know, kind of a, one of God's blessings, once that opportunity fell right into my lap, I couldn't, you know, pass that up again. So I was very – I talked with Coach Anderson throughout the whole process. He was very supportive. He's like, hey, man, you know, I would, how, who would I be to tell you not to follow your dream? So if this happens and, you know, and your blessings, then, you know, go ahead and go with it. And so after the, you know, workout happened and then it became a reality, he's like, hey – we're looking to draft you probably in the later rounds. And, uh, you know, I was like, man, this is really going to happen. And then once that didn't happen, he said, we figured it'd be better financially for you and for us. You can give you a little bit more security if we were to sign you for a free agent deal. And I couldn't pass that up, man. I had a great group of friends that were egging me on, like, man, go play baseball. You always talk about baseball. Go play baseball. And then uh, me getting kicked out of a fraternity softball league at Oregon State like, man, he used to play. So that dream was kind of cut short, too. So I couldn't pass up this opportunity. What caused you to get ejected from a fraternity softball league? They said, uh, if you play baseball, you couldn't play. And I was like, well, I didn't play this year. So they never said anything about previous years if you played. And they, they found out quickly after a couple of bats. I got you. I was worried you had fought somebody or got kicked out because of some nefarious rule breaking okay that's a little more understandable you so if baseball is your first love and you went back to baseball but freshman year you had chosen football over baseball was that because football gave you your scholarship or was I mean when you went back to your first decision where you chose football why did you choose that sport in the first place yes they said from the get-go football has priority uh, you're on a football scholarship and we'll let you play um, you know, as long as, you know, football comes first. And going into that year, we didn't have a solidified decision on the slot receiver positions out of me and Malik Gilmore. And uh, Coach Brennan came to me and it's like, hey, this is, you know, how it is. If you're thinking about starting in the fall, you have a really good chance. I would advise you to spring football. And, you know, I think we had games on Tuesday and Thursday. 
and practice was uh, Tuesday and Thursday. So it's like if I could split my body and be at two places at one time, I would have done it. But, you know, football was kind of was triumphed everything. So I had to do football. So once you sign with the Padres and you're all of a sudden throwing a baseball for the first time and kind of getting to that, you know, that feeling after every guy comes out of offseason where you're probably throwing balls 10 feet over your partner's head and that sort of thing. But you play for a couple seasons. You advance from rookie ball to A ball to high A ball. So you had some success. Can you describe that transition process and how much you loved getting back into the game, how enjoyable and cathartic that was to play professional baseball? Oh, yeah. Uh, first couple of weeks, uh, baseball looked like a golf ball. I was like, man, is, is the game changed this much since I've been gone? Like, I feel like kind of like in Space Jam when uh, the Monstars took Michael Jordan power. That's how I kind of felt the first couple of weeks. But uh, I had a really good coaching staff as well. Uh, they worked with me day in and day out. I was getting work before practice, uh, during practice if I wasn't doing anything, and even after games. So I give a lot of credit to those coaches there. And, you know, just a lot of repetition and time. You know, you're playing baseball seven days a week during the season. So you have nothing else to do. Might as well, you know, dedicate your craft to that. And then once that happened, after really the first month, baseball started to start to slow down to me. Um, in the outfield, it came kind of easy because, you know, I'm tracking a lot of, you know, deep balls from Sean Mannion uh, during the Hayes days. And then just do a lot of defensive work with Coach Casey. That's what, another thing he preaches on his defense. So I used what I've learned there and it just kind of transferred over into uh, me playing with the Padres. But yeah, that first month was tough. But uh, really after that, the game just kind of slowed down more and more. The crazy thing is, in 2017, had the Padres not set an organizational priority of signing athletic guys from other sports, then they wouldn't have tried to do this project in the first place. And if they hadn't had a connection with you at Oregon State, they would never would have called you. And maybe if you didn't pick up a number you didn't recognize from California, you never would have talked to them. So all these things come together. And if that hadn't happened, you probably would have played football in 2017 at Oregon State. And who knows where you end up after that, but you wouldn't have played for the Padres or stayed with the Padres now. So mm -hmm. all those weird occurrences, do you find a certain meaning in that of, I don't know how that all came about, but this is why, or this is what it led to a higher purpose behind it, or is it just a weird story that coincidental and who knows what the purpose was? I feel like, you know, just given the opportunity to go back in the game, I've always told myself from the day I had to do football only, that if this opportunity came, just anything with baseball, take it. Parents always told me to go with my gut. And so I had a gut feeling that this was a great decision. So at the end, it turned up being a great decision. So I don't know, man. It just it was calling me and telling me to come back, and I couldn't ignore it anymore. So you get two years with the Padres. Tell me about how that came to end. Was it a happy ending, and you liked the two years? And then what happened with uh, now working again for the same organization now? Oh, man, it was the best two, two and a half years of my life. Like I said, it was like a dream come true, just playing baseball again. I was very grateful for that. Going into that spring training, uh, they were kind of top-heavy in the outfield position. And I uh, was having a pretty good spring, uh, came in one random morning. He said, hey, I, you know, I need to talk to you a little bit. Go in there and said, hey, you've done everything right. You've done everything we've asked for you. But just some roster movements and then financial-wise, you know, it's best that we let you go. Uh, we've loved you being here. And if you're ever interested in work, coming back and working for us, you know, don't hesitate to call. And so it ended very mutually. You know, it was a good ending. Uh, not, no bad blood or burn bridges, obviously, between there. And, uh, you know, a year and a half later, I took them up on their offer. Uh, I had a buddy that was in, in the MLB diversity group. 
And he reached out to me and said, hey, if you can get to winter meetings, you know, I know a couple of teams that may want to talk to you just with your background. Padres were one of them. I had a phone conversation set up with them. It was like a family reunion all over again, just talking to everybody. It was weird at first being on the other side, but after a couple of conversations and a, you know, an interview with that, you know, I ended up being back with them. So it was good for all, all parties around. So now that you're working with the same organization, what does your job look like, where you're operating, who you're looking for, what kind of talent you're trying to scout and get into the organization? What, what does uh, your job look like now? So they're doing a really good job of kind of feeding me into the door with this. Like, hey, there's going to be a lot of stuff thrown at you. So we know you can handle it. We know your background and understand the game. That's going to be an advantage for you. So I'm based in Arizona doing amateur scouting. Uh, with, with the pandemic right now, just looking at a lot of college guys, international and high school guys, going through their film, uh, writing my thoughts of what I think about them as a player. And uh, they're just very grateful that I'm there having a voice that somebody, you know, just recently played with them and has an eye for baseball still can give their opinion on these up and coming players. Do you think your multi-sport background and going away from baseball would help you notice a guy who's playing football and maybe was in your position where the Padres found you even when you weren't playing baseball? Do you think you might be better at noticing a guy like that? Oh, yeah, I, I think I am. Uh, yeah, they always say, you know, if you've done it before, then you probably have a little bit more expertise as a person that hasn't done it. So that's what they said. Just, man, use your eye of, you know, telling the athleticism that you can see from there and from the video. And when you have an input, tell us. So I think I do kind of have a little bit of better understanding than a normal person. When you look back broadly at your own story of what you desire to do coming out of high school, of having to choose between the two sports, kind of regretting that decision, but being given an opportunity to go back on it and play professional baseball after not really playing collegiate baseball almost at all, what life lessons do you feel like you've learned over that period of time and in the couple of years since you left Oregon State and the advice you might give to yourself back when you were 18 years old and just coming out of Texas? Yeah, life lessons I've learned is just persistence, man. Um, if you really love something, keep going after it. And eventually it's not going to happen when you want it, but it's going to happen when you need it. And so that's one of the things that I've always learned. Just keep going after your dream is something you love. Like, it's not time wasted. It's going to pay off in the end. Uh, from 18-year-old me, if I was to tell that right now, just learn how to deal with time management better. Like I said before, you know, going in there trying to figure out two sports and uh, school and then also being thousands of miles away from home. You know, that's a big adjustment for an 18, 19-year-old kid. Um, for me, I just tell myself, man, time management. I felt that I dealt with being two sports and academics pretty well. Uh, just for being my first time, like I said, 18, 19 year old kid. So just time management, learn how to do that a little bit better. Speaking of coming out of Texas, since you're from Waco, let me put you on the spot here a little bit with no preparation. <laughs> who do you think is the best athlete to ever come out of Waco, Texas? Oh, man. Best athlete to come out of Waco, Texas? Uh, I would have to say probably Damian Thomason, man. Uh, Hall of Fame running back, uh, you know, not too many can argue with him or this. You have to have the athletic ability to play running back and then do it in the NFL and excel. So I don't think too many people would argue with me about that one. That's pretty good. There's a couple of running backs because I know of Dominic Rhodes is from Waco, the old Colts running back, maybe multiple teams. And uh, my favorite football player of all time, Mike Singletary, comes from yeah. uh, went to Baylor and 
Played with uh, my dad for a year at Baylor, so. You, you're, I knew your dad played at Baylor. I didn't know it was the same time as Mike Singletary. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's awesome. Does he have any, any Samurai Mike stories of playing with him? I remember growing up always being around Baylor. So they said Mike just used to crack football helmets back in the day in practice. So I'm glad I didn't play football in that era. <laughs> <laughs> Would not have been good. Uh, where were you when you heard about the change from Mike Riley, who you played for the first two seasons, your redshirt year and then your redshirt freshman season, and then hearing his leaving and then the hiring of Gary Anderson? What are your recollections of that whole transition? Man, I kind of remember that day too vividly. Uh, I'd woken up early. Uh, assignment was of mine was due at noon. So I woke up around 7, 7.30 before I, you know, I had to go to workouts and stuff to finish that assignment and turn it in. Then we kind of had like a group text message with the team and coaches. And it says, you know, meeting, important meeting, you know, at this time, if you can make it, make it. If not, then, you know, no big deal. Because I know a lot of people went home for finals because it was finals week as well. Um, walked over with a couple of teammates of mine, um, Cyril, uh, Nolan Lewis and Kendall Hill. And we're like, man, what's going on? Why is it a team meeting? And like only a certain amount of players are going. And, uh, you know, Mike Crowley came in and said, Hey, loved his opportunity and time here, but he's going to Nebraska. And then just hearing that. And, um, we were like, man, we don't have a coach. Like what's supposed to be happening? Like what's our workout regimen going to be like next? Like we're supposed to be coming back from break here pretty soon. Like what in the world's going on? And then uh, I was home at the time here in Waco. I saw on Twitter, you know, that uh, we had hired uh, Gary Anderson. And then shortly after he sent out a text message to all, you know, the guys on the team, like, Hey, I'm your new coach, you know, wanted like to set up a time where I can talk to you uh, this upcoming week. And so that's pretty much what I remember with it. I was in shock that Mike probably left because I'd never thought that he would leave. I thought that was the last person to leave, but seeing him leave and then having the new coaching staff come in um, was kind of shocking, you know, kind of disappointing because, you know, Mike recruited me, but was looking at the best of the situation. Hey, it's a guy coming in from Wisconsin. He knows Big Ten football and Big Football. So let's make the best of it what we can. What are your thoughts on 2016 where he got two Pac-12 wins that year, doubled the win total from his first season, 2017 when you weren't there anymore it all fell apart maybe you needed to stay around and that's what the problem was but 2016 felt good and that civil war seemed like hey gary anderson getting things going and then it fell apart so did you feel good in 2016 like yeah gary's doing the right thing or did you notice it like that something was wrong in the moment before you got out of there or what were your thoughts of that whole era you know, anytime you end your season with a win, you're going to have positive vibes, you know, just positive things going into that next season. Like, hey, we're better than this, and look what we've done in this past season. So going up there, just communicating with the guys while I was in baseball, everybody seemed like, you know, they had good feelings about how their season was going in. And then going into that last season, you're, I'm watching it from the clubhouse every other Saturday, and it's like, man, what's wrong? Like, what's happening? And you can tell, like, the guys are kind of down on themselves and kind of defeated. And it just, it just didn't feel how it felt in 2016. So hate that I wasn't there, but, you know, kind of got out at the right time if, you know, look back at it as that. Yeah. Uh, it's fun to talk about those memories and your whole story. You've got a fun uh, story to tell from your days at Oregon State and what you've gotten to do since then. So thanks so much for retelling it to me and reliving that. And it's been fun to talk with you, Hunter. I appreciate it. No problem. I appreciate you for having me on, man. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Hunter Jarman and an odd story of a baseball career going to football back to baseball again 
and he may have a long career as a scout. Who knows? What if he works for decades in professional baseball, and it's all because of one call he got while a football player at Oregon State, and it changes his life for the better, and he got back to doing what he loved and got a chance that not everyone gets to have. Of He dropped something that he later regretted and made a choice he wished he hadn't made, and got a second chance to redeem himself and said, I wish I hadn't gone away from baseball, and here's my shot to go back to the game I love. Thanks for tuning in to Hunter Jarman's episode of the Beaver Tales podcast. I've got more football and baseball guests and other sports as well, both in previous and forthcoming episodes. Hope you enjoy all the guests I'm getting on this podcast. Feel free to let me know any recommendations of future athletes or your thoughts on this podcast. You can hit me up on Twitter at Bright Ties. That's the word bright, the word ties. That's my Twitter handle. And stay tuned for more episodes. As always on the Beaver Tales podcast, good night and go Beavs.